Hey everybody, this is your host, LaVie. Welcome to Thrift Therapy, the podcast all about thrift life. Recycling, collecting, DIYing, all the ups and downs, ins and outs of thrifting. So glad you joined me for this thrift adventure. This is the Let's Pretend story of the Little Mermaid. Hey everybody, welcome to Thrift Therapy. This is your host, Levine. The record you hear playing in the background is a storybook record I thrifted. For I think a quarter. The name of it is Let's Pretend. The Little Mermaid, One Eye, Two Eyes, Three Eyes. It's a double story record. The sample that I'm playing for you is from the Little Mermaid side of the record, which is the A side. The album art is really, really cool. This sort of Poochie-esque, Art Nouveau, badass sea scene with a topless mermaid and a pirate ship in the corner. It's really, really cool. I'll post a picture of it on my website, which is thrifttherapypod.com. And I post pictures that coincide with every episode on the webpage in the picture gallery. I hope you go over and take a look at it. So if you have young children, this is a great record to buy. I give it, as a parent, I give it four out of five nagels. As a person who steps out of the parenting role, I would give it two out of five nagels because I would have only bought it for the album art in that case. But because I have a kid who, although he is a teenager, is into musical theater, I do still buy storytelling and theater albums. And I get some pleasure out of that myself, just being able to buy that for him. And sometimes the album art is really cool. This particular record, I think the narration, the actors' voices are pretty good. And the singing is a cappello for the most part on the A side. I haven't listened to the B side. But there's a few ditties with music. But I do think the actors are pretty good. What I've listened to so far hasn't uh, made me want to pull my hair out. And the reason that I chose this particular record is because we are going into the month of October. And most thrifters that I know really like the month of October to thrift for costumes. Also, in related news, the guest I have on today is a storyteller and works at a local musical theater designing costumes and sets. So it seems like a good fit for this particular episode. So let me tell you guys a little bit about social media and some news that I have for y'all. 
First of all, my assistant, Alyssa, is doing a fantastic job, and I think you guys are appreciating her because I see that there's a lot of interaction on the posts that she's been generating. So keep up the good work. And I wanted to have her come on and say a few words about her experience so far. Now, she's at a basketball game because we're in San Antonio and she's a big Spurs fan, but she agreed to meet with me over the phone and answer a few questions for you guys so you can hear a little bit from her. Alyssa, are you there? Hello. Tell us a little bit about your experience doing the social media part of thrift therapy. So it's been fun interacting with different people, asking questions, making polls. That's probably my favorite part because people kind of give a lot of feedback. I'm surprised. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, I've noticed the polls get a lot of activity. I think it's exciting, too. I yeah. also really like that idea that you came up with, the um, guess how much post. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. So each week I'm hoping to do a different guess how much. So every week we'll have a different person that has a really good thrift haul where they feel like they got like a lot of stuff for a good price. Uh, just send me pictures of it. And I'll post those, and that day people can vote, and at the end of the day, reveal how much you spent on it. Yeah, I think it's really fun, and I, I feel like uh, it it's always hinges on one item. You know? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I know, right? There's always <laughs> that one that's like, it could go either way. You could have either gotten it really cheap, or it could be that one thing that cost $9.99, or so... Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We've had quite a few winners, quite a few losers. <laughs> you know, a lot of people have been participating, it seems like. So that's always what makes it more fun. The more people that participate, the funner it is because, you know, there's things to read. People make comments. Conversations happen. So it's fun. I really like your of the thrift bag, and it seems like a time-lapse video. Tell us how you did that. Um, so there's this awesome app called Hyperlapse. It's connected to Instagram, and it's essentially like a time-lapse video, but you can control how fast or how slow you want it to be. So it's like you don't want a video that's like so slow in real time, but you don't want it too fast that you can't really see what's going on. So I like that one because you can kind of control more of how fast it is. <laughs> Super glad to have you aboard. And oh, thank really you. I'm really looking forward to giving you some more fun things. Oh, yeah, me too. Did you have anything to tell the listeners that would be fun or that would help you do your job? Um, just participate. When I post things, just, you know, really comment. Don't just like it. It's really fun if you get in there and, like, tell experiences because I notice a lot of people have been, like, talking back and forth. So just keep that up. That's really awesome. Cool. Well, I'll talk to you later. Stay right. Well, thank you so much. You too. Bye. Bye. Sorry the sound wasn't so great on that. You know, I didn't plan that ahead of time. It was sort of a spur-of-the-moment thing, and pun intended, since she was at the Spurs game. Anywho, I was really glad she took the time to chat with us. I will try to touch base with her on air every few weeks or so, and we'll keep trying to make the social media parts of Thrift Therapy really fun for all the listeners. And if you have ideas, you can Facebook Messenger Alyssa or myself in the Thrift Therapy Facebook group. 
You can send me a message on Instagram at Thrift Therapy Pod. You can tweet me at Thrift Therapy Pod. Or you can send me a good old-fashioned email at thrifttherapypod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new ways to make thrifter community a little more fun online. Why not? Right now I want to take the time to thank my newest Patreon subscriber, Amy, thanks for coming on board. I really appreciate you for pledging in at the $5 level, which means that you get to choose a topic to cover on the podcast. Once you figure out what you would like us to talk about, go ahead and shoot me an email and let me know what your topic is and I'll start researching it and I hope I can make your podcast dreams come true. I want to thank all of my Patreon supporters. You're making this podcast possible because the more work it is for me, the more time it takes, and the more energy it uses, the more I rely on my Patreon subscribers to make this happen. I couldn't do this without you, quite literally. And I appreciate each and every one of you. Which brings me to the thrift bags. They all went out. Looks like they're being received. I'm getting some positive shout-outs in the Facebook group. And the words that keep going around is, hit it out of the park. I didn't know that was such a popular phrase. But it makes me feel really good. Because what I think it means is a home run, right? I did get a negative feedback, but in a private message. So I appreciate that. And I'm doing everything I can to resolve those issues and hopefully make sure that the thrift bagger is happy. I want you guys to know that if you are unsatisfied with your thrift bag, please reach out to me and let me work on that with you. So keep me in the loop. I enjoy that part of the service. It makes me feel more like a stylist than a, a shopper, maybe like a personal shopper. So do an unboxing video or post some outfit of the day pics. Tag me on Instagram or in the Facebook group. And I just, just, it's just so great to be able to participate in your daily lives and help make you feel thrilled and happy. I do have two openings for thrift bags this month. I have two $40 thrift bags available, first come, first serve. So if you haven't gotten a thrift bag, head on over to my webpage, again, which is thrifttherapypod.com, and it'll walk you through the sign-up process. Now, you can sign up with Patreon, or you can sign up with PayPal. I've made that an option, too. And I've recently opened up the thrift bags to international shipping. All you have to do is pay the $27 shipping fee through PayPal, which also on my website walks you through each step. Okay? So I look forward to having some new thrift baggers to shop for. It's my favorite part, and I'm just loving life right now. I also have a iTunes review to read for you guys. This is the latest review. It's called Inspo. I love listening to this podcast while thrifting. Perfect for keeping those thrifty creeps at bay. The host is super charming, witty, and knowledgeable. I equally love the use of vinyl records for background music. I have now been actively looking for rep records and fixing up my player. It's a great time all the way around. Smiley face. 
oh, that's so great. I mean, I like that I'm getting to go thrifting with you. That's awesome. But it makes me really happy to think that you are getting back into vinyl collecting and even working on your record player. High fives. I'm, I'm very excited about that. And thank you so much for taking the time to let me know. I, I really appreciate you. In other news, I have, okay, so this was a weird one. I got my first email checking about advertising, and while I did talk to them, I sent an email back. I haven't heard back from them because it was for Rebecca Minkoff podcast, which I was like, you guys, I was dying. Because if you follow my Instagram, you know that I have thrifted some Rebecca Minkoff bags. In fact, I have three, and they're like some of my prized possessions because I adore them. They're so functional, and they're gorgeous. So when this particular advertising firm reached out to me, I got to be honest, I almost pissed my pants. I almost cried a little. Just I was just so excited. Even if they didn't get back to me because they had so many other people to choose from. I was in like a big email chain and I saw some names on there and I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm probably not going to get this account, but maybe I will. I don't know. Weirder things have happened, right? And they asked if I would be willing to interview guests from The Wondery and have them on my show. And I said, well, if they thrift. So Rebecca Minkoff, if you thrift and you want to come on Thrift Therapy, please do. Oh, my God. I will hold it together and pretend like I'm not a super fan. But I really am. I'm a super fan. Okay. I have more good news. I also got an email from this app called PodKite because apparently I've ranked in the fashion podcast, you guys. So here's what they say. They say that there are about 400 podcasts per category in the charts, and there are many more that never make it. And right now, I am ranked at, in the U.S., I am ranked at a number 131. So out of 400, I feel pretty good about that. I'd love to rise in the rankings, of course, which is why I'm always bugging you guys about rating, subscribing, and reviewing the podcast. All of those things really help me out in terms of ranking and getting noticed in the podcast world. So again, I'll make a plea. If you haven't jumped on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast and promoted the podcast in some way, either by following it, subscribing to it, sharing it, writing a review of it, that would be so, so great. I'd love to see my numbers keep climbing. That would be amazing. And I'll give you guys updates when I get them. Okay, so that's enough of all that stuff, right? I just want to talk to you guys about thrifting for a minute. So listen, I had a couple great thrift hauls. But I want to start with the this recent eBay find that I got. I was pretty excited. I hopped over into the Facebook group and definitely posted a picture of it there because I was freaking out, super excited. So I'm sure that some of you have seen these loafers that are all like silver glitter and on one shoe there's an open eye with eyelashes and then on the other shoe there's a closed eye with eyelashes so the shoe is called the wink right and it's by this really expensive brand that I'm gonna try to pronounce I'm not sure if I'm saying it correctly so please forgive me but I think it's Ciara 
for Agni. They're very expensive, you know, usually around $400 or something like that. And in their 2016 season, they have this series that were like comic book style. And they, I guess they were called Vroom, you know, like bam, boom, vroom, you know, kind of Batman stuff happening. And I found a pair of these shoes on eBay for $20. They were listed at $19.99 plus $13 shipping. And nobody had bid on them, so I put in the minimum bid. And then the day of, somebody outbid me by like a dollar. And I was like, oh, yeah, you think you're going to get my shoes? I don't think so. So I set a timer on my phone and it just so happened like I really do feel like the thrift gods are in my favor I've made good sacrifices to them because my luck has been really good and as luck would have it my work schedule perfectly synced up with the end of auction and I got out of work and got home in time to snipe the shoes back from the person who was trying to get them from me and I got them for twenty one fifty. Woohoo! And of course, I did it in the last six seconds on my iPhone, and uh, they didn't have a chance to bid back. So, nana nana boo boo, I got my shoes. And they are so cute, you guys. They're like big, bright, taxi yellow patent leather wedge platforms with comic book stitch styling on them and a big pink kapow that says vroom in it so there's a picture on my instagram feed go check them out i'm definitely going to put one up on the website so you'll see all the pictures from this episode that i mentioned all in one place if you don't want to go over to the different platforms and i haven't gotten a good shoe snipe in a couple months i think so i was really really thrilled and I'm trying to limit my shoe consumption right now just because I have so many shoes and I need to get rid of some and I'm having a hard time deciding what to get rid of so I've been really 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 picky about shoes these really fit they fit the bill I only have like one pair of yellow shoe well well, that's not true I have one pair of evening shoes these vintage Yves Saint Laurent shoes and then I have a pair of yellow like flip-flops or something but they're a little metallic and these are I don't have anything like this so it was a good fit I think now I want to tell you about some of my brick-and-mortar thrifting adventures nothing really unusual has happened in the past week which I'm always grateful for I'm not going out looking for weird things to happen to me they just seem to at times Wait, that's not true. Didn't I post a picture of the, oh, I'm sorry, the alpaca that I ran into outside of Starbucks, you guys? <gasps> that was, that's the day I think I felt my luck change in the world. I had such an epic year of bad luck, not shopping bad luck, but just every other kind of bad luck. So I think it was Wednesday, I think. I was on my way to work, and I forgot to bring something to drink because I always eat my breakfast in the car. And I decided, okay, I'm just going to swing into this Starbucks and grab 
an iced coffee, and it's a Starbucks that I don't usually go to because there's one right by my office. I was just really thirsty, and I didn't want to wait till I got to my office. And I pull into the drive-thru, and I'm sitting there waiting for my drink, and I look over, and there is a goddamn alpaca eating grass in the parking lot of this little shopping center I'm in. And at first, I think, oh, shit. I'm losing it. And so I look over and the, the person's coming up to the drive-thru window and I say, is there an alpaca over there in the, the grass? And she says, yeah. And she started laughing. And I was like, okay, I was just making sure that everything's good, that, that I'm not imagining that. And she said, yeah, she didn't know why it was there, but it had been there a lot of the day. So after I got my drink, there is no way in hell I am leaving that parking lot without going up and inspecting this alpaca to some degree. I just can't decide what the right degree is. Like, what if I invade its privacy? What if I freak it out? What if it bites me? I don't know. I don't want to be a jerk. But I definitely am not leaving the parking lot without some kind of alpaca interaction. And I am dressed to the nines. I'm having a really uh, badass cosplay, low-key cosplay of Lucy Liu from Allie McBill. So I'm really dressed up. And I get out of my car and I walk towards the alpaca and it doesn't even, it doesn't blink to my car. It doesn't blink to my outfit. It doesn't blink to my proximity. But I'm still a little like, well, don't be a jerk. Just because it's there doesn't mean you should bother it. But I'm standing very near it. So I took a couple pictures. And then somebody else comes up and they're taking pictures. And we're like, should we touch it? Should we not touch it? And I decide, well, I don't know. I'm just going to stand near it. So I stood near it. And then I chickened out and I got in my car. And this dude walks up and he says, did you get a selfie? And I was like, what? And he said, did you get a selfie with it? And I said, no, I didn't. Um, I didn't want to bother it. He goes, oh no, it loves selfies. Just walk right up there, put your arm around it and take a selfie. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, it's my, it's my animal. Go ahead, go ahead. So he helps me up there. I take the cutest selfies. I mean, I'm not that cute, but this alpaca is really cute. And they're on my Instagram. You can go check it out. But the guy told me he has all kinds of exotic animals, you know, that you don't normally see in San Antonio, Texas. And that it was just there for the day because uh, he has a business in that parking lot. So it was totally random that I and the alpaca ended up in the same parking lot on the same day at the same time. And I felt really good. Now, I didn't get a thrift score, but it felt like a good omen for thrifting. So the next day, I did go thrifting, and it was a good omen because I scored four really great dresses that I just love and two good dresses for my thrift baggers for this coming month of October. And I also got two little curio boxes, for trinket boxes, for my collection because I have a collection of trinket boxes. I don't know why, but... And I keep putting things in them and losing things, but whatever. I still like them. So I'm going to post a picture of that haul and my little boxes on my website and on Instagram probably. So go check them out. And be sure and show me some of your thrift hauls on the week. Whenever I post these things, I'm hoping that you guys will not just like what I found, but I want to see what you found too. All right, well, I feel really good now because we got to talk a little bit about thrifting and alpacas. I mean, at first I thought it was a llama, you guys, but 
no, it was an alpaca. It was just the coolest thing. I don't, I've been feeling pretty, pretty happy since then. Pretty, pretty good, to quote Larry David. Well, I think I'm going to go ahead and jump into the interview. That's really all I have to tell you about. There's just really nothing to say after you talk about alpacas in the parking lot. I don't really have anything else for you. So I'm going to bring in my guest, and let me go ahead and introduce them. So Shannon is an author and a seamstress and a, seamstress and a choreographer from Boise, Idaho. She sews and she does cosplays. And in the month of October, in her birthday month, she does casual cosplays called Halloween Every Day. She has a podcast called The Vampire Movie Club, and she's going to talk to us about all of these things and get us jumped off in our Halloween obsession for the month of October. She also is a dance teacher and a choreographer for local theaters and several schools in her area. Hello. Hi. Hi, Shannon. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you. You're a jack of all trades. That's my favorite. This is very exciting and very fun. And I actually just went to a thrift store the other day and I'm like, oh, good. Now I have something like new to talk about. Oh, sweet. So you have a thrift haul you can tell us about. That'll be awesome. <laughs> Let me uh, get the listeners on board so they can know a little about you. What do you want us to know about you before we start digging up all the hard-hitting journalism questions I've got ready for you? <laughs> well, um, my name is Shannon, and I am an author and a choreographer and a seamstress in Boise, Idaho. And um, I do a ton of theater and I teach kids how to dance. And I like to think that I'm a vampire like researcher of sorts. Um, I wrote a paranormal adventure novel, which is just a fancy word for a vampire book. Um, and I wrote that and we published it like two years ago and I am working on the sequel. And then um, I am a seamstress in town and do alterations and make costumes. You're a good friend to have. It sounds like you can offer your friends and people who know you personally a lot of different insights. And I always like to hang around people like that. You know, I think I'm pretty great. And I seem to help a lot of people that I think, well, I think I do. Um, they keep coming back. So that's cool. Yeah, definitely. I, I try to encourage young people that I work with, my own child and friends that not only is it okay to do more than one thing, but maybe it's probably better. Like you should do more than one thing. Always do more than one thing. That's what I like to say. Always. I like being, having the capacity to do more than one thing because then if I need something done, I can just do it. And I'm like, no, I can do, if I, my idea is that if French people can make French Renaissance dresses without Google, then surely I can. And then if you have Google, why aren't you doing more than one thing? Exactly. I mean, YouTube is life-changing. It's so great. I learn different crochet stitches. I learn vampire things. I have um, a bunch of dances that I'm learning. I couldn't remember the difference between two tap steps, and I just looked that up so I could teach one of my kids that. It's great. Oh, my God. That's a good idea. I like the idea of doing dance things. I hadn't even thought of it. Oh, yeah. 
you can find really cool combinations. Like it's really neat. Yeah, YouTube's amazing. And like one of the things that I've just gotten into for YouTube, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners of this show are already like yelling names at us, like, oh, you guys should do this, right? I really like looking at thrift hauls on YouTube. Have you ever done that? Mm -hmm. No. It's your new obsession. Go do it. It's amazing. (laughs) I started following a girl who buys things on wish.com and other websites to see if they're worth it. Um, And it's about 50-50 and that's kind of fun. Yeah, I have seen some unboxing videos because I was doing research for the thrift bags that I put together. So I looked at all these unboxing videos and that's how I discovered thrift hauls. And that's how I discovered the thrifting amino that I'm always talking about on the podcast. The only thing I don't like about YouTube and watching videos is that when I'm watching a video, I feel like I can't multitask. I feel like I just have to watch the video. Yeah. That's kind of a drag. I like to multitask. That's why I like podcasts better. I love podcasts for that exact same reason. My um, husband actually has a YouTube channel and his are just pictures and you can essentially just listen to him talk and you don't have to watch the pictures, although his pictures are quite funny. Um, so I found that I can at least listen to his and still like do the dishes or run my errands or whatever. You have a podcast. Tell us about your podcast. So I have a podcast that is officially launching on October 3rd, uh, Wednesday, October 3rd, and it is the Vampire Movie Club. And I have a group of friends because I have an insane idea to watch every single vampire movie ever made. Um, It is a huge undertaking. There are 700 plus movies on this list. It will take us 14 years if we watch one a week. You'll be vampires by the time you finish watching all find a vampire to turn us to vampires so that we can continue watching them because even from the list right now there are 742 on the list but in the 14 years it's going to take us there are of course going to be hundreds more um so this will never end (laughs) that's hilarious we have I think we have 25 episodes recorded we have some uh my friends and I do a lot of theater, and so our schedules uh, change a whole lot. And so we wanted to get as many pre-done as possible so that um, we were available. <laughs> so we can watch the movies when we're available instead of panicking that we aren't watching one a week and then all of a sudden someone has a show. Good job. And they're not, it's not time relevant. Um, we just watch a movie. And we all sit in my living room together and we eat snacks and we watch our movie and then um, we go in the other room and then just talk about it. We try to talk about the lore, like what um, vampire myths there are, what different um, characteristics they have, because every vampire movie has that scene where they explain to you, um, well, you thought you knew about vampires, but you actually don't. Here's what you need to know. Um, So we kind of go over those, if it's good or bad, if people would recommend it, stuff like that. Well, why vampires? Like, what makes you so into vampires? Yeah, um, so it's real dumb. I don't know. They're just my monster of choice. Um, I'm generally into horror movies, and I like uh, scary movies, and I like exorcism movies, which aren't necessarily vampires. Um, But they're just the monster that I kind of went to, and not always the same kind of vampire. 
um not always like the broody like attractive ones but sometimes the ones with the gnarly teeth I'm not sure what it is about vampires but since I was probably in high school I'm like yep these are the monsters for me because I don't like werewolves I like ghosts fine but I don't necessarily want to do hours upon hours of research or movie watching about ghosts well what do you think it is about vampires that appeals to you I like that historically, so I have a a BA in history and research, and I like that I get to do a lot of research about them. Um, Every culture on the planet has a different vampire mythology, and each one is different. Um, None of them are the same. There are some characteristics that are the same. Not even all blood sucking, not even all nighttime, not even all stakes to the heart. Like They don't all have that one thing in common, but they do all have a vampire myth. And so it's fun that there are so many different stories um, behind them. I like it. I actually really like vampire movies too, but I like all horror movies. What's your favorite vampire movie? Ooh, so um, I always hold that my favorite vampire movie is Fearless Vampire Killers. It's a Roman Polanski movie from, I think, 1967. It has Sharon Tate in it. Um, It's super cheesy. It feels like it's from the 60s. Like it feels like it's a really dumb episode of Gilligan's Island. It doesn't make all that much sense. Um, But Sharon Tate is so beautiful in the movie and the, not the cinematography, but just the, the artistic like visuals that they make for each scene are quite beautiful. And I like them. Um, But I also really like, 30 Days of Night, or Daybreakers, or what's the other one we just watched the other day where this is legit a good one? Uh, a Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Yeah, the last one's really good. If you guys haven't seen that, you should check it out. It's it's very, like, I think it's very um, avant-garde, but it's really good. It's American Director, but um, it has subtitles, so be emotionally prepared for that if you're not. Um, they don't ever say like that she's a vampire. It's kind of more subtle. It's a definitely quiet, beautiful movie as opposed to just like gore and blood. I think my all-time favorite, just for nostalgia reasons, is probably um, Lost Boys. I, <laughs> I mean, it has to be. Like, it was probably the one that really made me like the genre. Oh, all my friends really like Lost Boys too. I think it's, Kiefer Sutherland that bothers me and I can't get into it he's such a dick um and that I just can't like yeah and I feel so bad because so many people love it and the music was really cool but I grew up in that era so it was like it's the first movie I remember of its kind but that was a whole genre of movies too that weren't vampire focused. It was like these moody teenager movies that were really good. Like there's one called The River's Edge. That fucking movie was life changing. Like this kid finds a dead body. Anyway, it's really good. You know, it was just this whole uh, kind of very moody teenage movies, like coming of age movies where everything is fucked up. And I really like it. So it was sort of the counter argument to all the John Hughes movies, which mm-hmm. I didn't relate to. So, um, so yeah, definitely if you're born in the seventies, you're just the right age to appreciate that film. So 
But I think, uh, you know, flashing forward in time, some of my more modern favorites are definitely Let the Right One In. That one was really good. I loved that movie. Have you seen the American version that they made with Chloe Grace Moritz? I have. I like the original one better. I like the original one better. We just watched that. We did a double feature and we watched them back to back. And um, we, unfortunately, the DVD I rented, because we have a, we have like a movie rental place here still. Um, and we rented it, but it had really bad subtitles. Um, and so it was easy to get lost in the cheesiness of the dialogue delivery. Um, and so that was annoying. <laughs> we, I wish I would have found a version with subtitles so that we could have watched it like naturally with like their inflection. Um, but other than that, yeah, the, the Swedish version is way better. The American version has, um, the bullying is way more um, violent and visceral and I know when we were watching it, I did not like watching. I know it's an actor and I know they're kids, but are, um, that they're faking it. Um, <laughs> what about Near Dark? Do you remember that one? That was totally an 80s movie, too. The funny story about Near Dark is that that movie was released like three months after Lost Boys. And they're so similar. It's a group of just like wandering vampires. They're dirty. They have bad hair. Um, and they're very, very similar. They both have like kid vampires. Um, and my husband and I had watched Near Dark. And I'm just like, why doesn't anybody like Near Dark? Everybody's freaking out over Lost Boys, but Near Dark, blah, blah, blah. So then we watched them back to back. And um, they are just different. And so I could see why they weren't picked up by the same. Because Lost Boys is more like the Goonies with vampires. Yeah. Whereas Near Dark is just kind of, an action movie that just also happens to have vampires. That's a good analysis. I like it. I, it's fashion and vampires, and certainly a lot of vampire movies come to mind. Like a Byzantium. Did you see that? That one's really good. You know what? I started to watch that one, and I forgot what was going on, and I had to stop in the middle of it. And we have not picked it back up yet. It's good, and the fashion in it's really cool. There's a lot of cool like um buildings so like uh like furniture and stuff in it i mean this the scenes are really cool i think that it's rich and then of course there's like uh let's see what else what else has good fashion oh sure uh what's the vampire chronicles ones like interview with a vampire that's one of the only things that i like about interview with the vampire is the set decoration and the costumes they're yeah. gorgeous they were we yeah. were actually about costumes last night because we watched um 30 days of night and its sequel 30 days of night dark days and um in 30 days of night they just had regular clothes on they were just regular people and then all of a sudden the people of the town were being turned into vampires and they just continued to wear their clothes and it felt more natural and it was just like yeah these are people in your town that this is happening to whereas day uh dark days all of a sudden they just started dressing like they were from underworld. Like everybody had leather, everybody had pleather. Everyone was in black. Every, Oh God, it was awful. Um, <laughs> I hate the costumes in underworld. Whereas I know so many of my friends are just like, Oh, the costumes in underworld are great. And I'm like, no, nobody wears that much pleather. This is stupid. And then, cause I started, um, 
Well, like maybe you can make a movie recommendation to all of our listeners. Let's say there's some really obscure, very cool, interesting vampire movie we've never heard of that we need to watch. Do you have one of those? Um, We just watched... Well, nope, that's a bad one. We just watched The Lair of the White Worm. That's awful. Don't watch that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I think, again, we watched it a long time ago, but I believe Kronos was really good. Oh, okay. um, We watched Life Force. Life Force isn't good. <laughs> we watched a whole collection of really bad ones recently. Um, the ones that are very good end up being the ones that I'm like, yes, I like this one a whole lot. Like. A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Only Lovers Left Alive is more modern and it's pretty interesting. It's Tom Hiddleston who um, is just dreamy and Tilda Swinton. And it's similar, it's like in a similar vein to A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night where it's just more quiet and it's not just like um, action, horror, thriller, blood gushing everywhere kind of movie. So if you want a more subtle vampire movie, those two would be good. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen Thirst, check that out. Yes, it is on our list actually in the next couple of weeks. A friend of uh, mine that records with us really likes that one. And so we added that one higher up on the list. Cool. So with all this vampire obsession, the costuming, the theater performing, the writing, do you mm-hmm. have like a favorite thing that you do? Like is one of your hobbies and one of your side hustles your favorite? You know, I was thinking about that, and I'm going to go with the really cheap answer of no, only because each one fulfills like a different part of my brain or a different part of my personality. And so each one fulfills something in me. So I couldn't just teach dance because then there would be the crafty part of me that's like, well, I want to make something. And you're like, okay, well, you're making dances. That doesn't count. And so then there's the part of me that's like, I want to sew all day, every day, but then I feel lethargic and I want to get moving around. And then there's the part of me that likes to research things. And although there is research in both crafting and dancing, um, there's this new idea and I like to watch movies while I craft. So that also helps. (laughs) Um, but I also like to write. And so, and then as I was writing my book, it took me like five years and I would stop because I do have so many hobbies where I can only do like three of them at a time. And so I had to work and then I was doing theater and then I was sewing and then I was also writing. And so one of those would always be the thing I wasn't working on. Um, So if I was in a show, I maybe couldn't also be writing at the same time. And then I just have my characters talking to me in my head saying, hey, why aren't you telling our story? We're trying to get it out. And I'm like, I know, I know I'm in the show right now, just simmer down. Um, So that's one of the reasons why it took me so long. Um, And that's been the problem is I've been dancing and being in shows so often and consistently that I haven't had any time to fully devote to the sequel of my book, which makes me really sad. Um, Life is changing a bit for us recent uh, in the next couple months. And so the idea is that I'll be able to write again more frequently. Um, And so each one does just kind of sit on the back burner. And then it's like, hey, that part of you isn't, isn't happy. So let's do all of them, which is why I think I just do Um, make do all of them and not try to say okay no I'm only going to have one hobby or no I'm only going to have two 
I like that. I think it fits well with the model of self-care that I use uh, and, and promote, I suppose, is that there are eight different domains of self that need self-care. So self-care isn't just like one kind of thing, like, oh, here's what I do for self-care. I go to the spa and I jog. Like, it's not like that. It's based on these different domains of self. Let's see if I can name them. Uh, spirituality, which I put slash creativity because I don't really understand spirit, spirituality very well, but I think I understand the idea of being part of something bigger than you, right? So okay. I think creativity is a good thing to put there. And then it's a relational self, intellectual self, emotional self, contextual self. Uh, I'm missing three. Let me say, I can't think of the other ones right now, but you get the point. Different aspects of self and each one of those you activate differentially. And we tend to have maybe more active parts of ourselves where we are spending more of that kind of energy. Like I happen to do, do a lot of relational type of energy work because I'm a therapist, I do a podcast. So I do a lot of stuff that involves conversation. Uh, okay. Yeah, and so that means I need self-care for that, but what I may need is to replenish that energy. So I may wanna look to a different domain and see what kind of resources I have there to use. And then I'm gonna want to look at, well, what does restorative relation look like? Like what puts energy in? And so when you describe your hobbies that way, I think, oh, like these parts of yourself, they need energy in and out. They need just some kind of balance. So why would you want to get rid of any of them? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So where does thrifting fit into your life? Um, everywhere and everything. So um, I have always, even in high school, just immediately go, I would immediately go to thrift stores to find clothes, to find anything I needed. Um, I was never a person that would go to the mall to buy clothes for school, or um, it's like, oh, I need a black pair of pants. I would never just go to the mall or to a clothing store to do that. I would immediately go to a thrift store and it's just followed through. And I like walking around um, in the, I went to college in the early 2000s and um, swing dancing was super popular and I was able to find a lot of vintage dresses, an extensive collection of vintage clothing because I was so um, adamantly swing dancing. Um, and so then I also had an extensive collection of vintage luggage or vintage telephones. Like I just collect weird stuff. Um, and so that's the place where you would go and find those things. Um, and they were always the cute, quirky stores in the town that I lived in as opposed to trying to go to the mall and be a part a part of like that part of society that I just didn't really fit into nice what are you collecting now what am I collecting right now right now I do have an extensive VHS collection and I am in a dumb way trying to own every vampire movie I, I know I will not find all of them but when I do find one, I totally pick it up. And I'm like, okay, well, now I own Blackwater Vampires. <laughs> like, I've never okay, seen it. Fun. I think my son is kind of wanting to do it, too. So I may be um, 
outnumbered here directly. I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll see. Well, it started with um, the crafty business that I had. I would make notebooks out of VHS covers. And so I would go to thrift stores and I would find VHS tapes of interesting movies, not just like, um, not just like, oh, this is a pretty cover, but like the original Star Wars covers, like the CBS covers of the poster with him holding the sword or the lightsaber He-Man style, um, like those or everybody likes Princess Bride, or everybody likes these old, they're not old because they're kind of old, like just these 80 movies that everybody has this nostalgia for. And so I would pick up those VHS tapes, uh, deconstruct the boxes and make notebooks out of them. Well, then I would keep the tapes and then I would just watch them because I like them and I have a VCR and it works. And so that's how I would, we would kind of use it as a, okay, I also have these because I needed their covers, but then it turned into, ooh, well, I really want to watch like Face Off today. And so then I would find Face Off at um, a thrift store on VHS and then I'd be able to watch it. And we kind of used it as like a video rental service because we're like, okay, I watched that one. I can, I can return it now. And then when we have our thrift box that goes to the thrift store, we just put it in there and give it back. That's one of the things I love about thrifting. It's like, it's just like this kind of recycling that you're constantly doing. So you can get into something, but it's not a huge commitment because you can get out of it just by going, okay, donate. Yep. That's fine. And they are a pain in the ass to move. Oh my God. They take up a lot of space. I try, I'm trying to get, um, like everything up until maybe Lion King. I'm trying to get all of the Disney movies, um, like the Disney animated movies, which isn't terribly hard, but I'm just trying to find them as opposed to um, like just buying them on the internet or something um, because half of, the, half of the fun is just finding it. Like my holy grail for a really long time were the Rings movies on VHS because I would find the first and second like always, I would always find the first and second one and I would never find the third one um, until several years ago, I did finally find it. I'm like, okay, I found it. I'm good now. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, like you wouldn't know that if you didn't collect VHS probably, right? Like you wouldn't know that for some reason, the third mm-hmm. one doesn't get donated. Why? I think it's by then everybody had them on DVD and so they would buy the first one and second one on VHS and then the third one is actually a two tape set and so by then it was like well if I'm gonna buy the third one I better just buy them on DVD and so they would donate one and two and nobody ever ever bought three that's like I would never think of that unless I were collecting Mm -hmm. that's so weird I love it what a random fact they made VHS tapes all the way until 2006 like I found Finding Nemo on VHS and it blew my mind because I'm like Finding Nemo that movie's way too po- like modern to be on um a tape but I totally found Finding Nemo on VHS but yeah 2006 it's a movie with um Viggo Mortensen it's uh oh what's it called and I'm nope I'm not gonna it's not gonna come to me I'll think about it but yeah it's a 2006 movie with Viggo Mortensen that's the last one that was released on VHS oh wow okay well let's see when I think about thrifting and vampires and costuming and dance and theater obviously I, I land on Halloween I mean it all comes together right now when we were talking before the interview 
one of the things you sent me was that you do something called Halloween every day. Can you describe that? Yeah, um, I love Halloween and I like dressing up. But up until recently, I've worked in law firms my whole life and they don't like you dressing up because law firms are kind of stodgy. Um, and so I found on Instagram, have you heard of Disney bounding? Yes. So much fun. And so the idea is that I'm just Disney bounding like regular work clothes that I can then know secretly that I'm dressed up as someone. And so I would do this in October. Um, and then I actually do it in March as well as March is when my birthday is and I like to dress up. So I'm like, hell, I'm going to do it again. Um, and so you just Disney bound these different characters and it doesn't have to be just Disney. I do a bunch of Nickelodeon and just cartoons and then sometimes not cartoons, um, like movie characters, things like that. Um, and so I dress up every day of the, of October and March and then take picture and cool. There's my, there's my Disney bound Halloween every day. And that's where thrifting totally helps because I'll go through and I'll think of someone where I'm like, okay, I want to dress up like Mickey Mouse today. So I need red shorts. I need like a black shirt. I need like yellow shoes or something. And so if I don't have one of those pieces, I'll know that I'll need a blue cardigan or orange shoes or something like that. And so when I'm out and about and I happen to find one of those things, then there you go. I got it for $3. Oh, that's perfect. So Basically, Halloween every day is like a little thing. It's like an outfit of the day that you decide to do that references Halloween, but in a mm -hmm. casual cosplay kind of way. Yeah, because I still, I still have to go to work. <laughs> well, maybe you can give us some tips. I'm going to air this interview in October. So maybe you can give the listeners some Halloween costume ideas. I think that would be much appreciated because as thrifters, you know, we're going to, we're not going to be going to those big box Halloween stores and buying all their stupid <laughs> rubber smelling costumes. We're going to be, yeah. we're going to be looking for something unique. So what, what are some ideas you wouldn't mind sharing? Um, well, one of my favorite Halloween every days that I was doing, um, I made a red and white striped skirt and then I happened to be watching Mary Poppins. And Bert totally has a red and it's kind of like a mustardy yellow and white striped um, like jacket that he wears in, um, what is it? Uh, everything, is, it's the Mary song. Like, it, it's a Jolly Holiday with Mary. There we go. I'm like, what the hell is that song called? So in It's a Jolly Holiday, like she has the white dress and the red sash and he has like the red and white striped jacket. And then there's also like some blue in there. So then I happen to just wear like this light blue t-shirt with it and then this mustard cardigan and it all kind of fit together. And I'm like, well, look at that. I didn't, I would never have ever paired a light blue t-shirt with my black and white or my red and white striped skirt. And never would I have put a mustard cardigan on a red and white striped skirt with a blue shirt, but somehow all together, they're amazing. I love um, That's a great idea. So like gender bending, yeah. minor characters or supporting characters, like really reach in a little bit more, maybe not choose the most obvious thing too. I have a Daria outfit, which is just like a black skirt and my black boots and like a green jacket that I had. Um, what else do we have? I have Prince Eric and I, I don't like wearing pants. I wear dresses 
97% of the time, unless I'm specifically teaching dance. Um, but I own one pair of jeans just for my Prince Eric costume. Uh, and it's a pair of jeans and then like a white shirt. And I have a red sash that I tie around my waist. There you go. There's Prince Eric. Um, and some of them are way more recognizable than you would imagine, especially if you have like a yellow skirt and it's a blue shirt and a red cardigan, then all of a sudden you're snow white. Like it's not as hard as it needs to be. Like you don't have to think about wearing a lot, like it doesn't need to be a whole long dress or anything. Um, you can just put the pieces together that make you think of these characters and the color concepts that they refer, like reflect to you. And then there you go. It's shouldn't, don't stress about it. There's no right or wrong. <laughs> oh, that's good advice. I really like this idea too of being referential rather than literal. Like you don't uh -huh. need, you don't need, you don't need a prince's dress to portray a princess or, you know, a, a sword and a sash to portray a prince. You want to, if you're going to, especially if you're going to thrift for a costume, you probably want to be more referential than that. You're getting the idea across and then you're putting your own spin on it. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I like that. That can be really helpful when you're thrifting. Oh, I have um, an Alice in Wonderland Halloween every day where it's just a blue dress and a white cardigan. Like, I'm not going to run around with a pinafore, um, although maybe I should because that's pretty awesome. Um, but like, I don't have a pinafore and I haven't made one yet. And so I just wear a white cardigan with a blue dress and then it means that to me. And I have like white tights on and black shoes. And I'm like, done. When I think back over maybe some of my favorite costumes throughout the years, it, they always have been where like I'm going for a specific character and maybe even a popular character like Mad Hatter, but I'll just have one iconic piece. And I remember for the Mad Hatter, I found this, for, I don't know, for a little while I was obsessed with tiny hats. I, I <laughs> yeah, Most but, certainly. So I found this little tiny hat mad hatter hat that was like on a velvet headband and then the whole costume was thrifted other than that and it was all like the mad hatter style but i put together like this silk paisley shirt and this purple velvet jacket and it, everything was thrifted and it was all just referential so it's basically like it's just the hat that's all. so i think and, but that was one of my favorite costumes of all time it just was so comfortable and everybody knew who I was, but I also ended up keeping every single piece I bought and just mixing it into my normal wardrobe. Yeah. Um, my husband and I, a couple of years ago for Halloween, I was um, Janish from Ghostbusters 2, who is Peter McNichols' character. And uh, my husband was the painting. And um, I had to get a black and white flannel. And so now I have a black and white flannel and I wear it all the time. And it doesn't have to be a costume, they're just clothes because. The people in movies or these different characters are just wearing clothes. You can just wear clothes. They don't have to be that weird material that you can never wear again. They don't have to be covered in glitter. Yeah, I like glitter, but I always leave a trail. And so, I don't know, I, sometimes I, I'm not up for leaving a trail. <laughs> so it's really just, yeah. uh, am I in the mood for a trail today? Sequins and glitter, ask myself that question. Yeah, I did the Rocky Horror Show when I was in college. And I was Columbia and every single thing I wore in that show was covered in glitter and sequins. And since I've been doing it almost every year since then, kind of, there's a lot of glitter in my life. And so when I don't wear glitter, like if there's any opportunity for me to not wear glitter, I will take it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I can I can appreciate that. So I want to do the thrift level questions with you now. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. oh. All right, here we go. Okay, how often do you go thrifting? Ooh, it depends on when I need something or not. I try not to go just to look around because then that's when I get into trouble. Um, but usually it's in preparation for Halloween every day or if I need certain VHS tapes. I would go, if we're going to average this all out, maybe once a month. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a list or are you a spontaneous thrifter? Um, well, I, I kind of have a list. It's in my head. And like I said, I have a bad memory. So it has to be something I find it and it's like, oh yeah, you needed that. And then I'll grab it and then we'll go. Um, because I also know the, the whole, philo not the philosophy of thrifting, but the idea of thrifting is you're not going to find this exact blue cardigan. Um, so I try not to have very specifics. Um, like I need this exact thing, except then a blue cardigan is kind of that exact thing, <laughs> which isn't very clear. Um, but it's not super spontaneous. You're more like, I either need something blue or I need a cardigan and that's on your list. Yeah. That makes sense. What about thrift gods? What? Okay, so I don't understand what that means. It means like, do you ever feel like there's some kind of supernatural reason that you found that blue cardigan? Like say you, you were looking for this specific thing and you walk into a thrift store and it's like fucking right there and it's amazing. <laughs> and it still has the tags on it and nobody else wants it. And you're like, how? So that would be... A thrift bag. Okay. I have very, I have two very uh, specific and exciting stories. <laughs> so I, um, last year I auditioned for the Adams Family Musical and I knew I was up against a lot of people and I knew there were a lot of pros and cons in casting me. So that day I was stressed out. And so I'm like, I'm going to go to a thrift store and I'm just going to like walk around and I'm not going to do anything, but this is how I'm going to kill time. And I think I was looking for Halloween everyday things. I can't remember, but I went to the first thrift store. There's a little strip mall in Boise that has like three right in a row. And so I went to the first one and then I'm walking around and I'm looking at the VHS tapes because I do. And I found an old episode or two episodes of the Adams Family TV show on VHS. And I'm like, well, holy moly, I can't not buy this because I feel like that's the thrift God telling me that I'm not going to get this part. So <laughs> then I go to the next thrift store and I'm looking around. And again, I go to the VHS section and I find another two episodes of the Adams family on VHS. And I'm like, no freaking way. This is absolutely out of control. I have never, ever found the Adams family on VHS ever, let alone two right next door to each other the day that I'm auditioning for this play. So then I go to the third store <laughs> and I don't find the Adams family TV show, but I do find the Adams family movie, um, which I feel counts. And so I totally bought all three because I feel like it would be like, flipping the bird at the world if I didn't and if I just ignored these signs. Turns out I totally bought these. I totally got the part. It was the greatest ever. So fantastic. Maybe a thrift god. I think the thrift god totally gave me that part because <laughs> I was way too old for it, but it was fantastic. Um, and then I was looking for Halloween every day um, 
pieces and nothing in particular, but I happened to be at a thrift store one day and I was looking around and I found a pink blazer, but like a rose pink blazer. And I'm like, who on, who on earth has a rose pink blazer in small? It looks exactly like the pink blazer Bruno Mars wears in Uptown Funk. And so I totally have a Bruno Mars Halloween every day because I just happened to find that. Sir. Fun. What about alone or with friends? Alone. Mm. No, I don't like shopping. I don't like shopping in general, um, but I don't like shopping with friends. Uh, every now and then my husband and I will go together and we kind of just separate and then find each other again. Because um, I want to look at different things and no, I don't, nope. <laughs> Best or worst thrift moment you want to share? Um, I'm going to have to go with the Adams Family one. Just finding all those VHS tapes was like the coolest thing. I ended up turning those VHS tapes into notebooks for like our director and our musical director and our choreographer. Um, and that was like coolest find and story ever. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I don't think you can top that. Yeah, it's like um, it's a confirmation bias is what it's called in psychology. And it's like where whatever you are sort of thinking is true or you are um, you have it at the forefront on your mind, maybe you're obsessing about or something you will uh-huh. notice more things in the world about that idea. Certainly. So, yeah, good story. Well, that's <laughs> all the stuff I have for you today. Thank you so cool. much for coming on the show. I appreciate you sharing your story with us. And we didn't get to talk much about your book, but uh, maybe you oh. can come back on and talk about your book when you get the sequel uh, published. Oh, that would be fun. Good, good, good. All right, I'm signing off. Well, thanks everybody for joining me once again on Thrift Therapy. I had a really good time talking with Shannon, and I'm looking forward to bringing more Halloween-oriented episodes to you for the month of October. And I'm looking forward to spookiness. That's what draws me into the Halloween spirit is horror movies, ghost stories, and ghouls and monsters and vampires and just the whole thing. So I'm excited to have people on the podcast this month who are going to be talking about that kind of stuff. I've got ghost stories coming up for you. Wives Tale podcast did an interview with me. I'm going to be putting that out this month. And I have some really great guests on who are going to talk to you about all things moody. So get ready for that. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you are too. I'm going to sign off today with just a reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to Thrift Therapy. Tell a friend. Contact me. Tag me in your thrift hauls. And as always, stay thrifty, everybody.